Cafe Anyway Mike's Daily Podcast Nothing gets me doing a podcast Like when I see I've got more downloads Than I usually get Mike's Daily Podcast I'm actually past 300 Hey That's a lot for me For some of you, you might be saying, oh, please, that's nothing. I'm a YouTube influencer and I have seven gazillion views. Good for yous. This is FF's episode. Mike's Daily Podcast. 2,559. 2,559. I'm your host, Mike Matthews. And the show is called Mike's. Because Daily my name is Mike Podcast, and this is a pretty much yeah daily podcast. Pretty much, I mean, more so than let's say your typical podcaster does it every week if they get around to it. Some do it every month or so, but I'm just telling you now that you can call me to tell me if you have a podcast and you'd like me to be on it. Perhaps you would like to be on this one. That's how it works. It's a camaraderie thing where everybody helps each other out. It's a community. Unlike the television show, which was hilarious, but everybody was at each other's throats. So I don't know exactly what the community was. What? Oh, community college, I guess that was. But you can call me 510-228-4640. We're in the 510 here in Podcastro Valley, the last place on earth. Here at Cafe Anyway. And so, being in the East Bay, we have the 510 area code 228-4640. And we would love to hear from you because we're lonely here at Cafe Anyway. And Mike is happy that he got through this week. It was a busy one. So, I guess what I have to say is America's Test Kitchen has uh, taken over my thought process. And here's today's podcast picture. The podcast picture today, oh, well, it's going to be exciting, and I'm going to tell you what it is when I find out. Because you asked. There is a perfect nacho bite. Did you know that? Nacho cheese? Oh, by the way, I have found this channel that I absolutely love. And I don't know. It's a internet station, internet radio station. I think it's called Unique Classic Rock. I think that's the name of the channel. It's it's somebody's broadcasting it out. I don't know where. It sounds like Germany, maybe. But dang, I love the music playing off of that. Hey, it's the late great Basil the Boxer. It was playing Jimmy Barnes. Now, if you're an American, you probably don't know Jimmy Barnes. The late great Basil the Boxer knew who Jimmy Barnes was. It... He, Jimmy, is this amazing Australian singer with this crazy voice that just, wow, earth shattering. In fact, you can look him up on YouTube. He did a cool duet with Keith Urban, another Australian, whom I've interviewed, whom if you go to mikesdailypodcast.com and see the podcast picture, which is probably going to be of something recent. I don't know what yet. But you can see that at mikesdailypodcast.com And there are the interviews You scroll up to the top of the page I'm all about the podcast pictures Because I take so many of them One for every podcast And there's been 250, 
2,559 so far. 2,559. So there's a lot. But the up at the very top where it says home, you just hover your mouse or your you hit it with your finger and you'll see interviews. And I've, I've got as many interviews as I could upload. It's kind of a tricky thing to do, but I did it and just go to the, uh, to hear Keith Urban's interview. Go to interviews, G, H-I-J-K, yeah, G through L. That's right, G through L. And that is what, sorry, mic stand, mic hitting the mic stand, mic stop. And I, I went alphabetically by first name. Or first letter in the group So you can hear that at Mike'sDailyPodcast.com Sometimes you're confronted with a combination Of greasy meat, a soggy layer of chips Dried out beans, and the horror A barren clip wasteland At the bottom of the dish I'm sorry, a berry chip A barren chip wasteland A berry chip? Berry clip That's my name, berry clip Oh, by the way, there's a new Night Court on television. They rebooted Night Court. And it's so funny. <laughs> John Larroquette's alive. I didn't know that. John Larroquette is alive. He started out in radio. But they throw, like, drinks on his nice suit because he's this old white guy. <laughs> throw stuff on him. It's funny. I'm being sarcastic. I got to work on that. Why? Why bring back Night Court? And then there's a reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and they just call it Bel-Air. Interesting fact, my mom was an au pair in Bel-Air. And sadly, the anniversary of her death is coming up the first year. I've gotten through the first year. That's the hardest year. They ain't kidding. And it is coming up on Valentine's Day. So, ugh. I'm going through a lot. It's amazing. It's a, it's amazing. Uh, uh, this, the bond between a son and a mom, even if the relationship wasn't that close. Ours was close, even though we were on opposite sides of the country, but, and the political spectrum. But, uh, wow. You know, I'm thinking a lot about her lately. She's popping up in my dreams. She's, she's uh, on my mind a lot. And I'm thinking a lot about what she went through the last part of her life and how I was very glad to see her. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have seen her within a couple of months of her passing. But And I did talk to her about a week before she passed, so I was very grateful for that. But here's something she loved, nachos. Oh, I'm going back to that subject. Yes, she did love nachos as long as, long as there was a lot of meat on it. Don't give me a lot of filler cheese. That was not her thing. She's more into shrimp. She loved shrimp. Oh, fried. Any way you make shrimp, she loved it. So, American Test Kitchen, as we go outside a cafe anyway, where we bring you Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcastro Valley, the last place on earth. Anyway, they do some amazing meals and really break down what you do. See, I love to see these recipe videos, and then I don't write anything down. I just get the concept, and then I attempt it in the kitchen. And I totally do my own thing. I take a little bit of what they say and then I do my own thing. I hate following recipes. My lovely lady friend follows recipes to the letter. Oh, we don't have any amino acids. We got to go to the store. 
just for amino acids. But that's how she is. She makes great stuff, but I, I don't cook that way. When developing a nacho recipe for their latest cookbook, they wanted to ensure that the textural integrity of their nachos remained intact. They start, okay, they started with a solid base of crunchy tortilla chips, then a layer of sturdy refried beans. Watch out for the sturdy refried beans because you will have a sturdy couple of minutes in the bathroom, maybe a couple hours. They catch extra liquid from the second layer of seasoned ground beef and keep the chips, the chips below them from getting too soggy. Finally, a layer of shredded cheese over top melts in the oven and helps the second layer stick. What? You've got to use an oven, not a microwave? Wow. Repeat that layering with chips, beans, beef, and cheese. That's the layer, the layers, the ingredients. And that's apparently the best way to do it. It's basically a nacho lasagna. <laughs> Thank you for that tip. America's Test Kitchen. Very helpful people. Okay. And here's another interesting thing. Meritocracy. Meritoc the meritocracy myth. Seven ways merit-based organizations perpetuate privilege. Many organizations pride themselves on being mer mer meritocracies. Who wouldn't want to reward employees based on talent, effort, and impact? I got this sent to me from dheartandcompany.com and they write, but the idea of merit-based reward isn't just flawed, it's a myth, says Omri B. Johnson. From a diversity, equity, and inclusion DEI perspective, meritocracies not only harm those employees who have long been excluded, from your culture and success, they harm your organization. We love to talk about performance-based systems because we want to believe that this is the fairest way to compensate employees. While in theory, a person who has honed insights and skills should be granted opportunities to engage in their work at higher levels and be rewarded for doing so, meritocratic, merit, meritocratic, meritocratic based systems have a dark side that often fosters inequity. Meritocratic. It's clear that no organization wants to hurt their most vulnerable employees. In fact, many are fervent advocates of DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. But embracing meritocracy does just that, says this expert and author person. Omri B. Johnson. So they say the seven things that they're talking about include uh, the operation, it operates on the assumption that opportunities are fair, but they aren't. This is what they write. Uh, people lacking in power and privilege are more likely to struggle in a merit meritocracy. Surprisingly, meritocracies increase bias. Different and best are a false dichotomy. Meritocracies are still impacted by who you know. That's interesting. Very often the people who advance fastest are invited to be part of the most popular projects have had parents, grandparents, and a broad network whom 
they have been mentored and coached for by years. Yes, these people are usually smart, but they aren't smarter. They are simply more exposed, is what the, this author writes, Johnson. Meritocracies often identify and then remove weak links to the detriment of the organization, and eventually the people on top burn out, and that's bad for business. One unintentional effect of promoting the best of the best is that those people get burned out. They perform well for a certain amount of time, but when their virtues are weighed down by organizational pressure sans adequate complementary skills from their colleagues who don't have the highest performance ratings, they go from cream of the crop to sediment on the bottom. So called top performers aren't the only people who deserve to thrive at work, concludes Johnson, Omri B. Johnson. When people are supported, they are nearly always capable of becoming their best. If you give your employees, all of them, the tools to develop their gifts and talents, they will pay you back with unprecedented confidence, commitment, and great results. That's a big win for everyone. The author, by the way, for more than 20 years, has been instrumental in helping organizations and their people create extraordinary business outcomes. He's a social capitalist epidemiologist, entrepreneur, and inclusion strategist. Omri's dialogic approach to engaging all people as leaders and change agents has fostered the opening of minds and deepening of skill sets with organizational leaders and citizens, enabling them to thrive and optimally contribute to one another and their respective organizations. He is also the CEO and founder of Inclusion Wins a virtual collection collective of partners organizational purpose to create global impact with lens of inclusion okay there you go i got that sent to me and i thought i'd pass that along to you i thought it was interesting because of something else i saw in the news lately that i thought i said to myself and now i can't ah i found it i think no it's over here oh yeah lone star state Texas, we were talking about DEI, the diversity and uh, the equity, the equity is good, inclusion is good, diversity, but not in in Texas. In Texas, the governor thinks people should be hired on merit. Oh, there's that thing too. That's a good thing to have. Not skin color or quotas. What do you think? You can call me 510. 228-4640 Governor Abbott of Texas A top aide in his office signed a memo stating that it is illegal for state agencies and universities to consider diversity, equity, and inclusion in employment That according to Hot Air And the Texas Tribune says the governor's directive represents Let me rephrase that. The the governor's directive represents the latest effort by Republican leaders fighting back against policies and academic disciplines that Republicans nationwide have deemed woke. DEI, along with critical race theory, has become a target of conservatives who argue that white people are being unfairly treated or characterized in schools and workplaces. And the other thing, the other thing that is all about uh, what people are talking about Twitter. This according to Bloomberg, former Twitter officials acknowledged that blocking the spread of a news story about Hunter Biden's laptop was a mistake, 
but they told lawmakers the action was not politically motivated or directed by FBI or U.S. intelligence officials. The comments came on Wednesday at the hearing House Republicans scheduled to probe the social media company's alleged cooperation with the FBI to squelch the story of the now infamous laptop. Republicans are in power now in the House and they're using it. At the hearing, the House Oversight and Accountability Committee focused on the platform's decision to limit distribution of the unflattering piece uh, by the New York Post that Republicans say showed the younger Biden traded on his family name. But there is also the very lewd photos that were involved that should not have been Probably should not have been put on Twitter My whole question is why Why do you even care Republicans about Twitter Who is I do not even know anyone The only people I know that are on Twitter Are people that are real deep into media And they're into sports Or they But other than that They they veer off of Twitter And they're on to TikTok or whatever else Social media, Facebook Yes, of course that too Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez calls Twitter's censoring of the Hunter Biden laptop story a 24-hour hiccup in a right-wing political operation. We're talking about Hunter Biden's half-fake laptop story. This is an embarrassment. What do you think? You can call me 510-228-4640. That's right. Look, we're outside a cafe anyway now, and look who is here. Hi, Mark. It's Benita the Rodeo Queen. How y'all doing? Can't wait for the weekend. Answer this Grunfield player Tell you what What I love laptop stories And there's nothing I like more Than hearing AOC Get mad about Laptop stories That's great Tell you what What I like her glasses She does have glasses That she wears often When she's up there On C-SPAN Laptops Wow You know They've been around For quite a while it's amazing. I, it's, I never had one in the 90s, but others did, interestingly. And now you probably do. Or you're onto tablets or whatever the other thing is. Look who else is here. Oh, man, I can't make the least rip the house around the oven. Do you have a laptop? Yeah, okay, that's good. Drink it right now, can't you? Oh, man. Laptops. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, that's good. Very delicious. What is what is in that? Nachos. Nachos in the root beer. Hmm. Don't think that works, but somehow it's it's gone through my throat. So we've gotten that far. But thank you for listening to the show. Next show it'll be the wonderful Shelly, uh, Madam Madam Rutabaga, not Shelly Shuhart, but the Madam Rutabaga. Watching and uh, I could not say her name the other day. Not Angelica Houston. Angela Lansbury in Murder, She Wrote. Been watching that lately? The first episode? Wow. I forgot how bad the acting was in the 80s. <laughs> and that is such a long, it's like an hour-long episode. And just, wow. Don't know why that show lasted so long. Maybe because we all loved Angela Lansbury. But Dang. Did you know her brother, Michael Lansbury, created a lot of TV shows in the 70s that failed? Yes. So there's that. Okay. Take us out, A-Frame. 
Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.